Are you looking to reach your full potential and achieve success in business and in life? Want only tried and tested guidance from people who have truly made an impact? You have come to the right place. Welcome to Five Questions with Dan Shabell. New York Times bestselling author Dan Shabell distills the most actionable and tangible advice from a variety of world-class humans, including entrepreneurs, authors, Olympians, politicians, billionaires, Nobel Prize winners, TED speakers, celebrities, astronauts, and more. Inspirational guidance, practical advice, and concrete solutions. Our Power Chat starts now. Welcome to the 30th episode of Five Questions with Dan Shaw Bell. As your host, my goal is to curate the best advice from the world's smartest and most interesting people by asking them just five questions. My guest today is New York Times op-ed columnist and best-selling author David Brooks. Born in Toronto, Ontario, he spent his childhood in New York City and then Philadelphia. In 1983, he graduated from the University of Chicago with a degree in history. During school, he wrote reviews and satirical articles to campus publications. Upon graduation, he was the police reporter for the City News Bureau of Chicago, which influenced his conservative political views. Then he was an intern at the National Review. When that ended, he spent time at the Hoover Institution at Stanford University and wrote movie reviews for the Washington Times. Two years later, the Wall Street Journal hired him to edit the book review section. In 2000, Books penned his first book called Bobos in Paradise, The New Upper Class and How They Got There. In 2003, he became an op-ed columnist for the New York Times. Since then, he's written several other books, including his latest, The Second Mountain, The Quest for a Moral Life, which we'll be discussing in this episode. Do we have to achieve personal goals before serving others? Uh, no. I think people, uh, some people do their second mountain first. What I do think you have to do is you can't live in the ego. And so like a lot of people, I sort of grew up uh, you know, wanting to start my career, wanting to make a mark, wanting to be well-known. And those were ego-driven goals. And if you're driven by the goals of the ego, you're on the move, you're working, you're not really committing yourself to other people and to relationships. So I do think something has to shock you out of the ego and gets you down uh, living within your heart and soul, your longing for others, your longing to do something good. And for me, it was a, a valley. I think some people get blasted out of their ego by some great love. They fall in love with something, a cause or a person. But something has to happen for you to just live at the center of yourself and not at the surface of yourself. Why is commitment the key to creating a meaningful life? So I tasted freedom at one point. I was out of a marriage and I was living alone. Uh, and one thing I learned, and it, so I had a life of total freedom. I could do what I want. I could move where I wanted. I could befriend who I wanted. And I learned that freedom sucks. Like political freedom is great and economic freedom is pretty good, but social freedom sucks because you're unattached, you're unremembered, and you're isolated. You have no real deep commitments. And the people who are remembered have given themselves away, usually to a family or to a vocation or to a community or to a philosophy or faith. And those people are planted down and those people have really tight relationships. And the cause they serve is not just themselves. It's the thing they are in love with. What's the best way to overcome loneliness? Make friends. Um, you know, pay attention to other people. Uh, and one thing I learned when I was in the Valley, you can't pull yourself out on your own. You have somebody has to reach down and pull, your, pull you out and show you a better way of living. And I just got lucky. I got involved in a really a second family, a community of people, about 40 DC kids age 17 to 22, and then maybe 10 adults more my age. And we would just meet every month and just throw our crap on the table in total vulnerability. And those kids really showed me how to do relationship and how to live a much more open, 
what they have is emotional transparency. You know what they're feeling all the time. And they gave that gift to me a little. And um, so I, I was lifted out by the generosity of others. And why should we choose attachment over personal freedom? Well, because if you ask people on their deathbed, what is their life? What's the most important thing in their life? 99% of them will say, my family, my friends, they always talk about relationship. And if there's one thing we know about joy, it's what emerges out of relationship. I make this distinction in the book between happiness and joy. Happiness is when you win a victory, get promoted, your team wins the Super Bowl, your self expands. And that's good. Happiness is good. But joy happens when the self, you transcend the self, you forget the self, you're out in nature and you, you sort of feel merged with the beauty of nature, or you're in love with somebody and you feel merged with them, or you're serving a civil rights cause and you feel merged with your fellow protesters in, in pursuit of something just. And those happiness is good, but joy is better. And if we aim toward joy, our life will go well. What's your best piece of career advice? I was given a good piece of advice early on. When you just get out of college, say yes to everything. Because you never really know what you like and you have to try things on. Uh, the second piece of a career advice is early in your career, do something completely crazy because your horizon of risk will be a lot wider than it would be. If you do something conventional, your horizon of risk will stay small. Third bit of advice is, Pay attention to identity capital. That is to say, if you can do something interesting, then forever after in every job interview and every dinner conversation, people will ask you, what was it like to be a yak herder in Mongolia? And you'll have a piece of identity capital. Uh, and then the final thing I'd say is get to yourself quickly. A lot of people, they have some far goal, but they think, oh, I should get a graduate degree before I do that job, or I should prepare this way before I do that. But it's usually best to, if you know sort of what you want to do, just start doing it. And the practice of it is more valuable than anything else. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom, David. To follow his journey, you can read his books and find him on Facebook and Twitter, where he shares his articles, political views, travels, and speeches. We hope you enjoyed today's show and the amazing advice our guests provided. Remember that you can only benefit from advice if you act on it. Before you do, we would appreciate your feedback in the form of a review. You can leave a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or a podcatcher of your choice. Your feedback would be very much appreciated. Head over to danshawbell.com slash review now.